Gracious and loving God, we thank you for those who have served this day. For Margie Scott, for the choir, for the ushers, for all who have come to be a part of this hour and this time. Let us go to the throne of grace. Gracious and loving God, I ask that you move me behind the cross. Come, Holy Spirit, come, reign and rule, and have thy way. Lord, we are not forgotten because we were part of a great storm. We are remembered because we are your children. So, Lord, speak to our hearts and our minds that we may set forth and be all you have called us to be this day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Ushers, you may be seated. We thank you for your service again this morning. Would you please give Kevin a hand clap of praise for his testimony? There's some child's life in your house, in your community, that's going to be changed because of what he has set forth. The word out is that when we know better, we'll do better. And now that we know that things can happen, miracles can occur. And because of the grace of God, forgiveness is extended to us. I look forward to hearing the college that this young man will attend because God is a miracle God. There are things that the world may say that can't happen, but because we serve a most high God, things do happen. Miracles are still part of the 21st century. So let it not be said that you don't have plans. For God has made plans for each of our lives. And even though we have choices and consequences, there are things that are changed because of the love of Jesus Christ. Persevere. The will of God is a mighty will. The sermon title this morning is simply, Jesus is Welcome Here. Turn to your neighbor and say, are you Jesus? That's all right, you're still welcome here. You know, we're supposed to be Christ-like, so there's a part of Jesus in all of us. So when we look at each other, we ought to see a little part of Jesus. Even if you're not the whole Jesus, there's some Jesus that's in each of us. Turn to your neighbor again and say, I think I see a little Jesus. God is a good God. Amen. The greatest thing about the Mark passage is it is a double passage that if you take just the top part of the passage from 30 to 32, you get one part of why we serve a most high God. But then if you look at the verses between 33 and 37, you'll get a different picture. So what I'd like to do is kind of set things up by opening with a prayer that's called Prayer of a Servant Leader. It simply says, Lord, take me where you want me to go. Let me meet who you want me to meet. Tell me what you want me to say. And keep me out of your way. Amen. That prayer was written by Father Michael Judge, and he is considered to be, tragically, the first person who died in September 11th tragedy in 2001. He was in a place. But he knew God, and because he was able to serve God openly, he was placed in a risky place. But he taught many what it meant to be a servant for the Most High God. 
Why did I start with that? Because the essence of what this passage in Mark is about is asking the question, do we know what it's like to be a servant for a most high God? The passage today, the title of the sermon is Jesus is Welcome Here. And sometimes we ask ourselves if Jesus walked through the door, would Jesus be pleased? We played a game at my family table when we would go to a restaurant. My family would lean over and somebody would say, would you do that in a restaurant? Because when you went out, you were supposed to act right. You were supposed to use all the right utensils. You were supposed to say all the right things. You were supposed to let the napkin lay down just a certain place. Because, see, we went to, um, what are those things that they call to teach the young ladies manners and things? Etiquette school. You see, I had to go and do remedial a couple times. I had to take it at Girl Scouts and other places because it just took a little time to stick for me. And when we would go out, my sister would tap me on the shoulder and say, ooh, 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 would you do that in a restaurant? And it always made me laugh because there were things that we would do at home, like you would eat chicken different at the house than you would eat it when you went outside at a restaurant. So you had to learn to cut your chicken because if you're at a special dinner, when you get that big offer, you need to know how to eat right outside. Is Jesus welcome in your house? Could he come to your table and put his feet under your table and get a blessing because he felt welcome? Whether this is your first time visiting or whether you've been here before, if someone walks up to you and says, welcome to our house, Glad that you're in here. Come on down. You might say, well, you know what? I feel really good. But if everybody turned and said, just sit wherever you want to sit. Do whatever you want to do. I'm not the usher on this door, so just go ahead and sit wherever you want to sit. Would you feel welcome in that house? If you went to a restaurant and no one showed you to a table and no one served you once they got there, the spirit of serving you would be missed on a bad attitude. You'd simply say, I don't care how good the food is. I ain't coming back here. I'm not paying my money for this situation to go on. But we're in the house of the Lord. And God has called us to not only offer who he is, but Mark reminds us that we ought to know who he is. For it says the disciples were afraid that the truth about Jesus being killed would be so devastating that they decided not to ask anybody any questions. Well, you see, when he said to them that I will be betrayed by human hands, and someone will kill me, but in three days I will raise again. They were like, uh-uh. You, we, we've been close with you. We've been tight with you. We've been protecting you. Surely nobody's going to kill our Jesus. But let's be honest. Nobody wants our children killed. Nobody wants to be involved in the crypts and the blood unless there's something that's going on in those relationships that seems to be better than what's going on at home. There's a belonging, there's a nature of why we join in these human situations. But Jesus was different. Jesus is the Son of God. 
and the son of humanity. Jesus was both divine and human. He was laid upon a cross for our soul's salvation. That ought to shake everybody up. Because the reality of it is, Jesus lost his life on a cross that we may have the grace to live today. That we may have the grace to make choices, good choices, challenging choices, a choice nonetheless. For you see, God has offered us life and life abundance through the understanding of a childlike innocence. Invite somebody in. Smile at somebody. Care for somebody. Have a servant's heart. So the only two things that this message today is about is simply, if you welcome Jesus in, you have to decide you're going to have a childlike innocence in your welcoming spirit, and you're going to have a servant's heart. Verses 34 and 35 in the Mark passage, Mark 9, 34, I mean 35 and 36, simply says, He sat down the twelve and said to them, Whoever wants to be first must be last and servant of all. Then he took a little child and put it among them and took his arms and said to him, Whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me. And whoever welcomes me welcomes not me, but the one who sent me. Turn to your neighbor again and say, you're welcome to be here. I'm glad you're in the house. Now, did y'all say it with a childlike innocence? Oh, I'm so glad you're here. Oh, I'm so excited. Oh, is that something else? Or did you say it in your grown-up voice? I'm so glad you're here. Thank you for coming today. <laughs> the honestness in our heart is sometimes we have forgotten how to laugh. Sometimes we have forgotten the childlike innocence to spirit because we're in such a hurry to get grown up. This is kind of a little bit to the song, but I always have to share this with the young people. Once you get to be 18 and you're legal on paper, you're completely legal. Now, there's other rules that go on in your mom and daddy's house, but you get to be legal in the state. And you get to be real legal at 21. And you don't get a partial judgment because you knew legal. You're fully legal at that point, and you get all the things that come with being legal. So you can't rush back and say, oh, no, I want to be 17 and a half. Yes, again, are we talking about this again? Don't rush to get to be 18 because you get fully legal. And there's a lot of things that get to be fully legal. Because once you get fully legal... Your folks will tell you they can't expunge certain things once you get fully legal. You there for the long haul. You looking for all the grace that God can send you. Because you really legal in, doggone. That was just a sidebar, amen? But the bottom line is we have to have a welcoming spirit. We have to be willing to say to one another, I accept you and invite you in to the most high God, to the house of the Lord to the place that we come together. 
But why do we struggle with becoming servants? Why do we struggle as a people? Let's pitch a tent just for a minute. But serving has a bad connotation in an African-American body of people who were slaves for more than 300 years. When you say the word servant, something comes out of Is it indentured? Are they trying to pay us? Can we pay this off? Will we ever get off the plantation? Servant has a bad hope. It shakes us up in our spirit if we're honest with ourselves. And if we're still living in our parents' house, and we run that little taste through our hands, I can't wait till I get out of this house. I don't have to clean nobody else's dishes. I don't have to do no more work. Newsflash, when you get to your own house, there's still dishes to wash, toilets to clean, places to pick up. There ain't no maid service because you can't afford that just yet. So look here. I'm telling you the truth because the reality of it all is we think we're going to go somewhere else and we don't have to serve nobody. We get grown and we say, no, no, no. You can get your own drink out the refrigerator. And no maid service here. But God said, that if you want to know how this all works, that you will be willing to be mad and servant to all. When, you are, when your ministry is in charge of serving, everybody else ought to be fed before your team gets fed. Sometimes we don't do that. We don't fix the meal. We don't already fix that takeout. Oh, they got quiet now. I say amen all by myself. We got it sitting in the back of the refrigerator because we took the first fruit right off the top. But now we serve it. Everybody else, it's not wrong that we serve. But sometimes we have to say, okay, Lord, forgive me for the way I'm serving. It's not that we don't come with a willing heart. We come with a little willing heart and something that still needs to be corrected. Because we're all a work in progress. And Jesus reminds us, will you welcome one another? Will you welcome, welcome the person who comes and says, I just left jail. I've only been clean and sober for 24 hours. I just threw out the last bag that had a couple seeds from that joint that I was carrying until I could get to a good day. I just threw out my last bluebell ice cream. Oh, yeah, I'm going to touch on them all. Peace traveler, apple pie, all this stuff. Because if God surveyed each of us and showed a picture of obedience, we all still have work to be done. Whether it's in our health, whether it's in our finances, whether it's in how we raise our children or what we say to one another, God says, will you serve me with a servant's heart? The last thing I'll share with you is in the chapter from Mark. I mean, James. James' passage was chapter 3, verses 13, all the way into chapter 4, verses 3, 7, and 8. But verse 18 of that passage simply says, 
a harvest of righteousness is sown, and the peace for those who make peace. In this day where we remember where we were last year, and we have struggled with sustaining our peace, Please remember that God gives us the peace that surpasses all understanding. Jesus offers us salvation and forgiveness. He doesn't say, I forgive you just this one time, but don't do it again. God says that forgiveness will be given over and over and over yet again. For we are sinners saved by grace, and the newness of this day is granted to all who are here. Because if we look back over our lives, we, some of us, don't have to look no further than yesterday. But God has made us anew for such a time as this, to remember how far he has brought us through, to know that he is the one who brought us, and to remember that he has called us into a relationship of childlike innocence. Let the Spirit move upon your heart. Let the newness of Christ come down. And let there be something made afresh and new today. So that you can look back and say, it doesn't matter what the teacher says. Because the teacher that I'm listening to is Jesus Christ. I respect my teacher. I respect my principal. I respect my parents. I have a healthy fear that they'll come on down to the school and set things on fire. I have that healthy fear. I have a healthy fear that God said my job ought to be in order, that I'm going to be a Christian because I've been set apart to look different, live different, and to be different. And that I've been called into a full relationship with Jesus Christ. Yes, the sign still says work in progress. And the cap still says I'm working at being a good servant. But most importantly, my heart has been transformed. So I invite you today, on the anniversary of Hurricane Rita, let us remember where we were that day, but let us thank God of where we are today. Let the rain that has come be of the past and say, I made it through the storm. I made it through the rain. I done missed a few days in school, but it won't be like this in this year. My house may have been set on top of each other. I had to eat out of Timmy Chan, Jackie Chan, the Chinese restaurant, or whomever else all year long. My blood pressure is up, but I'll be gone, gone. This is a new day. I'm back on track because the Lord said so. And when somebody says, I remember where you were last year cutting school, you have to simply come out and say, mm. Thank you for reminding me just how far God brought me. Thank you for letting me know that he's making a new way. Yeah, that's where I was last year. Well, where was you? Praise be to the Lord. I'm a new creature. I'm a new man in Christ. I'm a new woman in Christ. I don't have to do what I used to do. Oh, yeah. Because if the mirror showed today, some of us would be surprised what our reflection would look like. But God has new plans for us. He has set things in motion like you've never seen. Step back and let them work. Be willing to say, if it's just for 24 hours, I'm going to be a servant for the Most High God. Just for 24 hours, I'm going to walk up and welcome everybody. I'm going to be like the welcome committee on Westside. Hello, my name is, have you gone to church lately? Hi. I 
going at the hairdresser. You're looking mighty cute. Are you getting ready for worship? Come on over to my house. The bottom line is, will you serve God? And will you invite somebody to come into the house of the Lord? If you don't have that kind of relationship with Jesus Christ, or you're looking for a new church home, this is a great place to walk out your soul salvation. We just like any other family. Some days is us, some days is that. But don't talk about my mama and don't talk about my daddy. We'll be all right if we can just take care of one another. Love one another, care for one another, the 